Your news program every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. Now, the annual two-week session of China's National People's Congress ended up last Wednesday with delegates endorsing a 13th five-year plan, as well as an annual report setting the target of 6.5% GDP growth for next year. Premier Li Keqiang said it's impossible for the country to miss the target. Those are the sort of words that uh, politicians often come to regret. But nevertheless, he's very confident about China's economic fundamentals. Let's bring in Professor Zhu Andong from Development Economics at the International Economics Xinhua University. Good morning from Seoul. Good morning. Great, great Hi, to have everyone. Great to have you with us. Thank you. Um, now, how significant is this Congress? Many people view it as a, a, a rubber stamp body, which immediately plays down uh, its importance <laughs> as a mo mode of debate, for example. But uh, does it have a big okay. impact on the nation? Yeah, okay. Uh, I can understand uh, how people regard the NPC. But in fact, uh, as one of the largest parliamentary bodies in the whole world, and uh, it is written in the Constitution of China, I mean, the NPC uh, is the only uh, organization that has the high, highest power over the government. So it is definitely not uh, just uh, some rubber or something like, like that. And in fact, it has direct impact on the uh, economic policies and people's life. For instance, it overturns policies, regulations on custody and uh, repatriation about uh, more than one decade ago. And it also called into question the legality uh, of re-education through labor, or that kind of thing. Besides, you know, any delegate of the NPC, they can send their questions and proposals to the state council or its branches. And the latest has to respond to them. So if they, any of them has any specific concerns or questions to any policy, they can voice out and they will be heard. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that certainly does sound like a very hopeful way of, of describing the goings-on at, at the Congress, um, which this year yes. was focused significantly on the economy after previous uh, media attention in uh, other years was was placed on, for example, President Xi Jinping's anti-corruption campaign or the need to uh, improve air pollution. Um, why is such a focus on economy this year? Well, <laughs> you guys are very sharp. Okay. Anyway, uh, well, I think it is quite understandable. The Chinese economy encountered some problems, some difficulties. But again, and if you look at the history uh, of China, you can find after 1978, we got several occasions when China encountered major difficulties. For example, in 1981, uh, the GDP growth rate got to only 5.2. And if you look at 1990, uh, the GDP growth rate slowed down to even something like 3.8%. Uh, that's quite low, but you know what happened after that. Of course, I mean, th this time uh, we got some problems even more uh, serious than uh, in, the, uh, in the history. 
and apparently we got something uh, very challenging, such as we have huge overcapacity over in steel industry, in coal mining industry, all that kind of things. At the same time, we also have to lower our inventory in the real estate, and we have to lower the leverage for the uh, companies and even uh, for some of the households. And uh, of course, so I mean, many people paid a lot of attention on the slowing down of the economic growth. However, however, please notice uh, the GDP growth rate for China in last year was still 6.9, comparing to other countries. It is still a very far, very high rate of growth. How do you think? Well, I, I mean. I I like what you're saying, of course, but I'm also aware of uh, articles written by, for example, Foreign Affairs magazine, uh, in which, you know, the claim was made and an argument put forward that uh, even 6.9% last year and 6.5% this year is is fictional, that uh, the indicators of real economic activity suggest that the figure, the percentage would be far lower than that. That uh, I mean, you know, a whole range of uh, indicators are cited from uh, rail shipments dropping to uh, the uh, energy industry being hit in the last few months um, to uh, trade among ordinary consumers, uh, delayed payments for products and so on. Um, and, and I think some people question whether the... F you know, the figures we're getting officially from China match the reality. Could you put our minds at ease? Well, you know what? Uh, I'm not an expert on uh, how to, I mean, um, get those numbers, I mean, uh, for this statistics bureau. But I, I have seen if we want the really accurate numbers, and uh, that means for the Statistics Bureau for any country can, should be renamed as something like Estimation Bureau. You know, it's just impossible to get the, I mean, if we talk about the real accurate numbers. So for any country, the numbers got some problems. Mm. Okay, that's, uh, that's one thing. Another thing is, okay, yes, there are some uh, numbers showing that the Chinese economy really goes, uh, I mean, grows much slower than the GDP growth rate. However, uh, if you look at other numbers, for example, in the uh, services uh, industry, you can see it's, it's not that bad. And uh, if you come to visit China and uh, go to the cities and go to the, some uh, of the rural areas, you can see for example, uh, I went back to my hometown during the Spring Festival, and you cannot feel anything like that. You can just say, okay, people just want to spend it, and they are uh, very hopeful about the future, or that kind of things. And you can have the traffic jam even in a small county, you know. Mm. So, I, I, yeah, it's understandable. I mean, people have that kind of questions, but still, uh, we need to have open eye and uh, have open eyes on the economy. So, But for Premier yeah, Li Keqiang to be saying things like, you know, it's impossible for the country to miss 
that 6.5% t- target. It, it's, a, it's an unusual statement, and it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and it's unusually confident given the global circumstances. China's still reliant on the rest of the world as well, after all. Yeah, I understand why you uh, raised that question. Yes, and I think uh, it shows he is quite confident about the Chinese economy, about the basis of the economy. And I think another thing is he thinks uh, he still has a lot of, uh, I mean, tools, policy tools to handle the situation. Yeah. So that's what I, I mean, my understanding, yes. So you have confidence in, in the government's policy tools that they have available. Professor Zhu, thank you very much for joining us. Okay, thank you. Professor Zhu Andong from uh, Tsinghua University. It's worth pointing out, you know, it's, it's a bit unfair to, to, um, to press Professor Zhu too hard on this because, you know, he's honestly answering those questions. But delegates uh, being asked at this National People's Congress... Uh, the international media were very disappointed with the answers that they got from them, uh, either being blanked or just being fobbed off. Um, and it's and it is very difficult to have an idea of exactly what a was going on at the Congress and b what's going on with the Chinese economy. The fact that South Korea is so reliant upon it, it's maybe not that comforting. You can share your thoughts by email efm this morning at gmail.com. <laughs>